The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. Welcome to Clerical Conversation. Our guests are always the same. Excellency Bishop Daniel Dolan and Father Anthony Ciccata. Your Excellency and Father, thanks so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Semper eadem is our word, Stephen. <laughs> Happy to be here, Stephen. Unchanged like the true church. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Your Excellency, would you like to start us in a prayer before we get started in our discussion today? Thank you. I would. Um, today we're recording our show on the feast day of St. Catherine Labore, and uh, as I hope to explain a bit during the program, she's a wonderful example for young ladies in the way of preparation in many senses for one's future vocation or state of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Oh, St. Catherine Labore who by thy filial confidence in the Blessed Virgin Mary merited the privilege of contemplating and conversing with her while on this earth. Obtain for us a faith like thine in her maternal love. Grant that we may understand and appreciate the value of silence and of humility, and obtain for us the grace to show forth these virtues in our lives. Teach us to accomplish faithfully the duties of our state of life, that we may merit the happiness of contemplating with thee, the Virgin Immaculate, during all eternity. Amen. 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 So, Your Excellency, for the, the final uh, topic uh, for clerical conversations this season, you know, some might, some people might think this is a controversial topic. I tend to think of it as uh, as simply one that people aren't as informed on. Uh, when I think about difficult topics, I think sometimes people try to reinvent the wheel without realizing that the church has something to say about pretty much everything. And so instead of trying to come up with a great new idea to see what the church has to say about it and, and go from there. And when we're thinking about college and careers, which is our topic today, we probably want to start with the 14 to 18 year old age group, both male and female and what people should be doing during this time period. Obviously, you're going to be going to school, but what should we be thinking about in terms of careers and college or college and careers? Well, that's that's the point that at that age group, uh, one should be thinking and should be planning. One shouldn't wait until perhaps after high school graduation. And you're right, the Church always does have something to say about everything, and the idea that religion is somehow limited to Sunday morning for an hour or two is really part of modernism's program. And the restoration of the Catholic faith means that we have to talk about things in, in these terms. Father Chicada and I were, were discussing—we've actually spoken about it quite a bit over the years. Father, what are your thoughts about what high school students should be thinking about? 
Well, the first thing is, what am I going to do with my life in this sense? What is my vocation going to be? And I always remind kids that you have a vocation from uh, Almighty God, and it's it's uh, one of four vocations. It's uh, to the priesthood, to a uh, religious life, to the single life, but for most people it's going to be the married vocation, and you're going to uh, get married and have children and have a family. So your future life choices and the uh, sort of arc that your life uh, takes has to be seen in uh, in terms of that in terms of that uh, in a couple of years uh, in maybe uh, ten years I'm going to uh, be married and uh, that's going to be my vocation and what can I do now to plan uh, the best for that to meet the requirements of my vocation as, as a husband and father or as a wife and as a mother. So you first have to take the the long arc, the big picture, and then uh, secondly, you have to look at your own talents and at your own inclinations very realistically and find something practical, decide, try to find something practical that uh, you can aspire to in the way of your future education that will help you fulfill uh, that that vocation. So it's, it's, it's was the big principle. Would this be a good time, Father, to talk about the distinction between vocation and avocation? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Right. That, that, uh, uh, well, you can start on that, Your Excellency. So, so vocation, as Father said, is, is, this, is this definite call from God. Um, there's some reluctance with the authors, as, as I have, I've, I've noted myself, my own reading, as to whether or not the single state is, a, is an actual vocation from God. But I think that it is. I think that we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to say in, in, in Catholic society, the single state definitely is a vocation from God and is its own particular duties and parameters. But um, for any vocation from God, it's uh, it's also necessary to, to look at the question of avocation. Avocation means, in the context of this God-given call, what 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 am I meant to do in order to fulfill it? And um, so, if I'm if I'm called to the married state, and I'm very good with computers, I'm a, I'm a total whiz, or I think I am. Maybe maybe the the world of of computers and 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 the world of business, rather than college, say, is 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 going to um, is going to be the proper path for me. Um, I think probably a preparation that was required for everything, and that's why we would certainly stress the importance of a good, solid, basic uh, education in grade school and in high school, without which it would be very difficult to do anything at all. But let everybody keep in mind that the distinction, vocation is from God, that's that call, and avocation is what you do in the context of your vocation, a particular job, a secretary, a nurse, uh, a fireman, or um, or an electrician, or a farmer. So uh, that's, but but any, regardless of any vocation, any avocation you might cho- choose, you you certainly need that education to be able to um, be able to carry out the duties of your state of life. And and then we could probably talk a little bit too about how that's the problem today, isn't it? That the education you get. Um, um, the standard education that would be on offer today after grade school, after high school, ain't much, as it were. Uh, 
and, and especially in comparison with the education that was offered, say, about 100, 150 years ago, it's, um, it's, it's actually sort of sad and sort of pitiful. So we really do want to concentrate on giving our children a good education, a good, a good solid basis during, during those years uh, before high school graduation. I think something that is lamentable that I see within the, the traditional community, at, at least the, from this idea of college, is something that I've observed in, in my career. So uh, apart from Restoration Radio, I've been a, I've been a tutor for many years, and I help students um, uh, work on these, these exams to get into college. And, and listening to their stories about why they're going to college, or et cetera, it's just, it's just really strange. It seems that, that college is, if you want to make any kind of money, you're told that you have to go to college. And that when you're talking about other things like trade, well, my son's too good for that. I've even heard this from Trad, or my daughter's too good for that, well, whatever it might be, that the idea is, well, everyone's going to go to college, and from college, you're going to make some money. And I, I just find this to be dangerous because I, I don't think it takes into account what you're talking about, the idea that there's uh, there's a calling from God in a larger sense, but also, um, A, it's not just all about money. I mean, I understand that there's a practical matter that you want to provide for your family as much as possible, and obviously provide for the church. That's how um, places like St. Gertrude get built. Um, but uh, we, we need to have a, a better balance, I think, about uh, what sort of careers or what sort of trade uh, people take on. I don't think that and, and maybe your maybe your experience has been different from from the, the clerical perspective, but from the lay perspective, I I feel there's too many voices agitating that that college is a, is an answer or a solution. And even uh, from the economic point of view, though, one reads now that it is not necessarily a guarantee that you will make uh, more money. So even if you're approaching it from a purely secular point of view, it's uh, true because of the the lower uh, level generally of public school education that now to get um, anywhere in certain types of companies, uh, you have to have uh, some sort of a college degree. They don't care what. Uh, sometimes because it's just a, a it's it's the equivalent as it were of a high school diploma which doesn't really say uh, an awful lot I guess uh, for college but even that said it isn't necessarily the case that with with the the debt that you take on for a uh, a college education that uh, you are going to make uh, more money in order to uh, take care of your family and to take care of the church. But of course, that, that as you say, Stephen, is in everything. So uh, the, the whole, but that's a, it's an interesting question about college. I think we could say from a um, Catholic perspective today that um, college should be looked upon with great reserve. It shouldn't be deemed as the normal, obvious choice for students, because then what do you end up with? You end up with wasting four years of your life, uh, a, a tremendous amount of, of money, and then you end up in debt for years, and you still aren't 
and then and and you put yourself in the occasion of sin and uh, false ideas and false education, false uh, and then a really harmful environment, and and all of that and all of that for once, for what? If you can avoid college, or if you can, if college is part of your avocation as you see it, you believe that that to be God's will for you. Is, is there a way? Say by the prudent use of um, community taking classes at a community college at the, at, at the start, anyways, for the first couple of years while you're also working, is is there a prudent way to get the perhaps for your avocation necessary benefit of college, i.e., a college degree that would enable you to get a certain kind of a job, without uh, picking up. Um, all of the unwanted baggage that usually is included with this. I think, even from the example of some of our young people at St. Gertrude the Great, I think it's possible to be able to do that. But um, it's something that it should be thought about. It should be spoken about. Advice should be asked. And careful plans should be made. And this, this I think, it would, would be a good, uh, certainly a good role for the priest uh, as a guide, as well as, as well as good Catholic parents. To be able to, um, if that's if that's the approach that you need to take to avoid some of the pitfalls that that that, that accompany it. Ah, oh, but this idea of uh, that you know that after after high school, then we have to go away to college and we have to go away and have to go away from mass and from the sacraments and 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 plunge ourselves into this uh, into this liberal world um, in order to somehow get ahead in the world. Usually, it does mean. Not always, but usually it does mean the, the the loss of the faith, or at least a diminution of the faith, instead of it being strengthened in any sense. And the people just walk into it, it seems, uh, without considering where they're going and what their real long-term goal should be. And that's something which, uh, from what you said, Your Excellency, and from our experience, we really can't emphasize enough, is uh, the question of planning and of thinking and of not drifting. There's the inclination to uh, drift uh, very much now in our society. We, I gave a uh, famous, perhaps infamous sermon on the magic teenage years, uh, uh, that this this uh, construct of, of uh, modern society about uh, how we were, uh, as teenagers, supposed to be, be uh, free to float to do this, that, and uh, the other thing, and basically enjoy ourselves. But that's not, uh, that's a modern idea. And that's not how uh, life should work. Certainly not for a uh, not for a Catholic who's serious about his faith. He has to he has to know where he's going. He should have a plan. Is there, Father? Can you talk about that uh, the, the plan that that some of our young people here seem to be following about community college leading leading to something else? Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, young people. Some young people here, and then also. Um, uh, in fact, for a, uh, for many years, it's something that uh, I've recommended that um, say that uh, you have a uh, son who wants to be uh, an engineer. Now, engineering is a good in his uh, profession, is a solid profession in America, and you can get um, if you're serious about establishing yourself for. Uh, uh, having a good family life, it's it's a good field to get into. But what you don't want to do 
is uh, you don't want to get into, as we say, all of the other baggage of, of college. You need, uh, as an engineer, the technical education. You have to get through certain elements of, of the general college education, the awful English um, the literature courses that uh, are taught by liberals in most colleges, the, the um, uh, uh, different types of, of um, uh, courses at the first levels that are not really going to help you to be a good engineer necessarily. So you have to get through that. And the what we recommend is is live at home, go to a community college, mm-hmm. get that um, uh, get those things uh, out of the way, and you also immunize yourself to a certain extent um, to the um, possible adverse. Uh, influence of uh, others in college by living at home and by uh, going to one of these smaller colleges to begin with. And then eventually, if it is necessary to go somewhere else to get uh, a specialized degree that is going to be useful, truly useful for you the rest of your life, uh, then you, you at least have, uh, have a start in dealing with the situation. But the idea is is that um, you should stay at home under the influence of uh, your parents and uh, under the influence of of uh, your church. Can I ask, Father, is it possible to suggest if we, if the idea is going away to college and you are in a situation at home where you don't have access to maybe even Sunday mass, maybe you only get mass once a month? Could someone consider going away to college in, in Westchester and going to the local community college near St. Gertrude so that they could have access, more access to the sacraments while they're going to community college? Would that make sense? Well, yes. I mean, it, it would certainly it would diminish the uh, the difficulties because you have uh, access uh, to the. Um, uh, to the Mass and the Sacraments, and you try to get yourself somehow through connections into a Catholic environment, you're going to be a little bit uh, more immunized, I think. But just simply to go off somewhere, say to go to um, uh, OSU, Ohio State University, which is uh, having operated a church in that area, it's a zoo. Uh, you, that's, it's it's uh, extremely imprudent to do that, especially if you're fresh out of high school. Oh, yes. That's a very good point. Well, up to this point, we haven't really spoken about the sexes, Your Excellency and Father. Uh, are we saying that all of this advice is the same for both sexes? No, well, certainly not. Um, the In the uh, ideal order, certainly not. But, but yes. <laughs> uh, yes, in the ideal order, uh, certainly not. But, uh, you know, you have to... Uh, there's certain problems that you know you do have to face in um, modern society. Well, one of them is in, in terms of uh, uh, young women. Certainly, they should get uh, a good uh, basic uh, education. Uh, we we talk about that uh, quite a bit to understand how to uh, uh, you know the the the, uh, the basics of uh, a, uh, a good fundamental. Education, the, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, that sort of thing, a knowledge of history, an in, interest in good literature, and so on, because some of them some days 
may have to homeschool their children. So they have to have, the uh, women have to have, uh, you know, a good foundation there. Uh, beyond that, in the, the question of a um, general college education uh, for uh, women, a higher education if you're coming out of high school, one of the bits of advice I always give is, is, is this, that if you're a Catholic young lady, you should uh, look for some sort of an interest uh, in, a, um, in something that conceivably you could do at home, or that you would have a lot of flexibility to do on your own schedule. We uh, realize, of course, the the difficulties of the modern economy and how, uh, how frequent it is that that the the, um, the wife, if the husband doesn't make enough money, uh, is forced into working simply to make ends meet. That's obviously is is uh, not. Uh, the ideal and is something that one should not look upon as the ideal or look upon as a, a target. But you have to be realistic and understand that uh, sometimes this happens, in which case the uh, young lady should have a, a backup profession that she can either do at home or have some flexibility in. So, for instance, a um, uh, one could take up something, for instance, like speech therapy. Uh, that's a, a good and a very rewarding uh, uh, type of avocation. And uh, you can, in effect, set up your own schedule. You can do that sort of work at, at home if you have to. Or uh, teaching music, uh, piano lessons. Uh, that's something certainly that uh, you can do at home. And if you stop and think, I'm sure that there are, there are many different um, uh, avocations like that that uh, a wife and mother uh, could use as 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 uh, fallback if she needed it, or or indeed um, actually teaching. Over the years at St. Gertrude the Great School, very often young ladies, unmarried, uh, but in effect volunteered because the, the salary that that we can afford to pay here is so little, but they they, they taught here. And uh, then now, then afterwards, uh, they were called to the married state. They got married. They had children themselves, and then have been able to be good wives, homemakers, and uh, because of their particular circumstances, um, teachers in the home uh, with home education. So um, that that can be actually teaching could be an excellent preparation for for a young lady to embrace the married state. Um, but Stephen mentioned earlier about you know maybe like in the ideal in the ideal you know, Catholic order of things, I would say that would take us back again to uh, the home and family life, how, talking about girls now, how, how girls are raised, uh, if, they're, if they're given a practical training by their own mothers in the domestic arts of sewing and cooking, cleaning and organizing, shopping, all of those things, which will come in handy, as well as a good, solid, basic education in grade school and high school in reading and writing and arithmetic, as well as religion, of course, so that if that's their call to the married state, they can they can exercise that and and indeed very well in the ideal order where the, the wife, of course, is at home raising the children and the husband is out working. As Father says, sometimes that's not always possible, but we should look to the ideal order still and hold that up as, 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 as something that, um, that should be emulated as much as possible. Well, what I'll often hear, Your Excellency and Father, is if I try to make that case, 
And someone will say, well, do you, do you just want me to sit at home and learn how to sew or want me to sit at home and learn how to cook? And I'm, I'm worried there's a little bit too much of that activism idea. I'm only a useful member of society if I have a job. I need to go out and earn money that all young ladies should go to college so that they can earn money because you never know when you're going to get married these days. People get married later. So in the meantime, you need to earn a, earn a good living and put a lot of money away. And I thought, is there anything wrong with this line of thinking? I, I have a number of thoughts on it, but the reason we have this show is not to hear my thoughts, but to hear yours. Well, if, if, if it's necessary, right, Father, that, as we've been saying, if something like that is necessary, then that, that's a fallback and need for a young lady just to survive. If uh, she doesn't get married, then, of course, she would have to at some point to be able probably to support herself uh, independently of her of her parents that may that might become a necessity so she would have to have to look to that but but you could just see what's wrong with that line of thought Stephen and then she got that line of thought from her parents probably from her teachers from the world in which she was raised so we can't address these 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 big issues of the kingship of Christ and the restoration of a Catholic social order unless we're all on the same page uh, about these things and um, it's one thing to hedge your bets in a practical order, but it's another thing to reject the principles of the Catholic social order. And a, a lot of what's said today and a lot of what's done veers in that direction, don't you think? Um, yes, and, and they uh, actually turn uh, something that is a necessity that you're forced into, that you should only be forced into, into uh, an ideal and into a goal. And uh, that's certainly not how uh, we as Catholics sh uh, should operate, especially when it comes to the questions of uh, the proper role of the sexes in, in the home. And then, and, and two father, don't you think the question of money that should be talked, that should be spoken about. I always speak about that with a couple when I'm preparing them to 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 be married, um, because people invest a lot of meaning in, in in money. Money equals my independence. Money maybe luxuries, or maybe money means my success. And uh, that's why couples often will argue about money. I think. They don't. They don't have a of a, of, a, of a Catholic idea, a Christian idea, about about the role of money in their lives. But those are that's the, those are the duties of parents with children to to imbue them with this uh, with the proper distinctions, the proper understanding. That's not who I am. The job that I, for a man or for a woman, that's this. This is not my identity. This is not the, the proof of of, uh, of my value to myself or to others in society. My intrinsic self worth. They would say today. It's because of the job, the job that I have, how much money I make. It's a means towards an end, and that is all. I am a child of God. I'm a Christian member of the church. I'm a, in that case, I'd be maybe a married man. I'm a father. That's, those, are, those are the component parts of my, of my identity. But the modern world says no. They say that to girls as well as to boys, unless you go out and prove yourself in the marketplace and get some sort of a great job and do this. And, and even if you get married, you still have to do this and this and this other thing and stay super busy all day long and hire someone else to raise your children for you. Unless you do that, you're not really a success. You're not really with it. It's just kind of, you're, it's kind of sad or kind of pitiful. So these are, these are um, ideas, these are mentalities uh, which we have to oppose. Uh, indeed, and 
a big part of that, what, what you mentioned, Your Excellency, in terms of the material success, um, so much of it, though, ends up being uh, based upon something that uh, shows a, a lack of discipline anyway, an inability to, uh, as they would say, defer gratification, an inability to say uh, no to yourself. So you uh, find people who have this this ideal of the appearance of uh, uh, success uh, in, in the married life, who uh, really have no self-discipline when it comes to financial matters at all. They, they, they see the false ideal of uh, people living a uh, very uh, snazzy consumer's uh, type of life, and they figure that this is something, this is part of the American dream, and they have a right uh, to this uh, themselves, and they make, uh, as one would say, very bad choices in terms of um, harming themselves financially by going into a lot of debt. And then that, in the marriage, creates a lot of, um, uh, creates an uh, awful lot of tension and uh, acrimony, especially if people don't have their heads on, uh, screwed on right spiritually otherwise, because it, it is the type of thing that young couples end up fighting over. Particularly if for a young lady, and you can see maybe from a traditional Catholic background, who uh, then takes a job outside the home, and all of a sudden that assumes this tremendous importance for her, because now I'm, I'm in another world. I've got my own friends and my own world, and I'm valued for myself, not for the house. And then she looks down upon her, her duties of housekeeping or raising children or cooking or things like that. You can see how all of that is, 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 uh, is, is an extremely worldly silver bullet that just kills marriages. It kills the Christian vocation to the married state and, 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 and the parental life as well and responsibility. These are really bad things. They, they should be talked, the idea that somehow this job is going to give a real meaning to a, to a, a lady's life. As, as Stephen said, what do you expect me just to sit home and, and cook? or bake cookies or something like that. What a, what, what, what a, what a demeaning reduction of, of the glorious um, vocation of being a Christian wife and mother that would, that would make. We really have to talk against that stuff and fight against it. If you're a good homemaker and you're taking care of your husband and your children and you're educating them in the faith, and you're probably also making a contribution to your church and to those who are in need, the poor. You're doing the duties, the duties of your state and you're taking care of your own family, your extended family, too. That, that, that's a beautiful ideal. It's not always possible, I understand, but that nonetheless is, is a beautiful ideal. If you need to work outside the home, it's not for self-fulfillment. It's for uh, some limited uh, practical need. Um, and it, it should be against uh, the French say contre coeur. It should be against your own heart and against your own desires to have to do that. You should want to be able to stay home, want to be able to, to make the home to be a place of love and of order. So again, all of these these vocational issues really go back to a large degree to how children are raised by the, their parents, how well the parents do in carrying out the duties of their own state of life as they prepare their children to make the correct decisions or choices for later on. One really can't emphasize that enough, that uh, if you're married, your primary, the place where you should be happiest is in the home. Yes, And yes. everything that you do 
should be uh, should revolve around that. That uh, you uh, the idea that I'm uh, happiest, uh, you know, doing my job of uh, uh, construction or uh, designing. Uh, machines, or uh, in the case of a woman uh, doing some sort of a job in uh, in an office, and that this gives me my fulfillment, uh, that is, uh, something is, is turned upside down there. Oh, yes. And that is the, the notion that uh, you have to be happiest in your vocation. Uh, and the place for a married person where he or she has to be happiest is in all and that is what you have to strive for. So for the choices that are made about, about college or, or not college, uh, they should all, those things should be made in consideration of one's own vocation or potential, possible vocation. What do I feel, God, what, what state do I feel God is really calling me? How, how, am, I, how am I drawn? Then I should, I should draw then the logical conclusions. Uh, every now and again, uh, I, I come across a, a priest who's... Um, uh, chosen some sort of an odd avocation, and I can I can see that in in him as I would also see it in, in many a, in many a wife and mother over the years, and it's 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 taken over it's taken over his priesthood, and I'm thinking there are hardly any priests left in the world today. What a waste! He wants to be a journalist or. Um, uh, he wants to be a farmer, or he wants to be a winemaker, or whatever whatever the particular case might be. No, the, the vocation comes first, and the the obligations and the requirements of the vocation. I might also put in a plug here for volunteer work at church, because a Christian wife and mother, a matron in that sense, is also meant to, for what what is what she has over and above in the way of time and. Uh, and, and work. She's meant to help out the, the, the poor. She's meant to, as I say, take care of her extended family. And she's meant to uh, be, do good in her neighborhood, but also for the church. The church always survives and, and, and thrives because of the volunteer work of, of the faithful. So women who have free... Uh, well, we say that to priests sometimes in retreats. We say, you know, a priest who's wondering what he's going to do today is a priest who doesn't get anything done at all. He's forgotten what the essentials are. No priest should ever be bored. And no wife, no father, no no husband should ever be bored. There's plenty to do of work that really matters. And part of the work is, is the work which is done at home, training the children for the next generation. Well, Your Excellency, with that, I was going to add that you can always put yourself on the list for the uh, the clerical kitchen at St. Gertrude. Uh, you know, and, if, and, you're, and if you can, if, if you got can, some free yeah. time, I, and uh, it's nice to have to have that done. I, I I think sometimes people take things for granted and they just figure, well, Father has that all taken care of. Well, Father has sick calls. Father has um, mass. Father has to plan. Father has to write a sermon. Father needs some quiet time. Father has to say his breviary. So the first thing that's on Father Father Chicada's mind after he cuts one of these uh, work of human hands videos is not, you know what? I'm going to put together a really good dinner tonight for all of the, uh, the clergy. <laughs> it's just, it's just I, not there. I, and I, 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 even I wish you not were. Father Chicada. <laughs> if, if it were on his mind, then it wouldn't be on my mind. I, I've told the story on myself in some sermons, actually, that more than once at Vespers, I catch myself totally distracted thinking, oh, no, I forgot to put the sauce on. 
or I forgot <laughs> to turn the oven off. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and I know as a bishop I'm going to do my purgatory time because of those of those distractions. I know that very well, but it gives me a whole new world of sympathy for for wives and mothers, for for cooks, for chefs, and for anybody who tries to, you know, do everything that 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 needs to be done to to make it work. Um, those are all the so don't don't think that the that that the clergy even the so-called higher clergy live in their ivory tower, and don't know what it's like. Because I assure you that we do. But if we help each other out, we clergy by reminding the laity of the the great principles of life, and uh, the faithful by imbuing their children with those Catholic principles and just helping us out too. Uh, then together, it, it, society works. It, it comes together. But uh, no, because otherwise, what's the world? The world is that everyone's got a huge amount of money, and that we've hired a professional cook, like the old days, or the rectory, maybe still today, in some cases, has the has a housekeeper. And the housekeeper prepares three meals a day and, and maintains the house and the rest of it. That's a luxury that, that, that most of our priests never knew, and certainly don't know. So we have to... We have to scramble, but that's God's will. That, that's all right. And yeah, even even Bergoglio, even Bergoglio has the buffet line to go to. Yeah, he has the buffet line. Say Marta, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he he can talk about poverty all he wants, but we live it. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to encourage any if if you're listening to this and you're in St. Gertrude's or you're at another parish, uh, why don't you ask uh, Father? You know, what's the situation with your food? How how do you get fed, et cetera? I just think, frankly, unfortunately, a lot of the faithful just take it for granted that, that uh, you you all take care of it. What's the state of your vehicle? Um, you know, what's the state of And know, ask your clergy. You have to have the bigger mind that it's all part of the same thing. It's not it about, is. you know. What what can I get away with giving to Father on Sunday at the collection? The idea is what what do I need to contribute to make sure that the parish keeps going, and that's a bigger picture. That includes food for the clergy. That includes making sure that the vehicles work. That that includes making sure that you know if you're saving for a new chapel, that 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 money is set aside. Um, but then again, you know, here I am. You're, I'm one of those outdated people that doesn't believe in ridiculous notions like lay boards. Etc. You know that I I believe that clergy should actually be in charge of these things, and we we need to free up our clergy to spend as much time as possible on the apostolate, and as little time as necessary on these on these sort of basic things. Uh, on the stove, <laughs> <laughs> right, or, exactly. or Kroger's in the, in, the, uh, in the shopping line picking up bread and lettuce every day, something like that. Yes. But uh, well, uh, a nun told me once years ago, and I've and I've and I've I've, I've lived this myself to know it's true. Poverty uh, takes time; it does, and that goes back to this idea too, Stephen, of this idea of training. And the, we've glossed it over quickly, but girls and boys both should learn how to clean the house. They should learn how to cook, how to take care of themselves, and how to take care of others. They should learn not to waste money. Uh, they should learn how to serve others. Um, they should uh, learn to be able to do these things so that should that be required on this or that circumstance of life or maybe an avocation finally or part of their vocation, they would be able to acquit themselves of their tasks 
graciously and well and serve God in them. Those are those are very important preparations for our future vocation that, again, begin with, uh, with childhood. I'm grateful that my mother taught all of us. There were seven children in the family. We were all taught the basics of cooking without any big deal made about it. You just sort of learn those things. And we all had our, our duties at home, how to, how to clean the house and, uh, and, all, and all the rest of it. So uh, that, that's important for priests to be able to do. Otherwise, you would starve and you'd live in squalor. Um, and it, but it's important for everyone to learn, to learn these things. So this idea that everything must pass through and be um, formed by the medium of money, huge amounts of money, so that life is led at a sort of um, at a at a, res, at a at a distance at a reserve, and uh, you have enough money to hire people to do things and all, and everything is maybe done behind the scenes, and you you do your job and everyone else does jobs and we just exchange a lot of money. That's not a natural way of life or of living, and our our children we don't desire that for our children. And our, our parents should not desire it for their children. Absolutely not. There, 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 there's another and a better way. And all of this is part of Catholic life and Catholic culture. I have a couple other questions, but I just want to, can I go down this road a little bit, uh, Your Excellency sure. uh, and Father, about money? Is it fair to say that, again, state of life, so, you know, if you're living a religious life, you have a, a vow of poverty, but that's not necessarily true of the married life. But if you are possessed of, of making a good deal of income, is there not an obligation to, to channel as much of it as possible um, towards towards the, the church and and to to make sure that the the, the clergy have everything they need. Um, obviously, without taking away from making sure you have adequate savings for your family and food, etc. But um, you know, when you have a large surplus, shouldn't that be mostly directed to the church? Yes, absolutely. You the uh, the moral theology of the church is quite clear on the subject that um, you're supposed to maintain yourself and your family in uh, properly according to your own state of life. So if you're a humble peasant living on the land, farmer, a mid-American farmer, say, or if you're a, a wealthy businessman, a CEO uh, living in a big house, the, the lifestyle is going to be different, and the money that you spend to maintain your lifestyle will, of course, be different. But anything over and above what is necessary for your, I think, the phrase is your decent sustenance is not yours. That's for somebody else. And I'm sure we could add into that, of course, the prudent savings for retirement for the future, uh, for the children's needs, for education, for college. But uh, anything over and above is not yours. It's like the old days, the priests had a guaranteed income from what was known as a benefice. And um, the money of the benefice was to maintain the priest in a decent way for his needs. But he couldn't do whatever he wanted to do with the rest of the money. That rest of the money was meant to be given to the church or to the poor. And people have this idea that money is mine because they've never been educated properly as Catholics, and I can do whatever I want to with it. Sure, move me sufficiently to tears with your tale about the bishop worrying during Vespers about whether or not to turn the oven on, and maybe I'll, I'll throw a meal your way because you've appealed to me. But for the rest of it, my friend, my money is mine. Ah, not so. They will have a great surprise at the particular judgment. Your money belongs to the church. It belongs to the poor, over and above what you need for your decent, your, you and your family, for your decent sustenance. Would this be classified as, as an omission, Your Excellency? Because it's not, it's not a, a commission of, you know, I, I'm, 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 uh, 
Well, I guess it might be a commission as well. I guess I'm, I, it's sort of a, a passive, a careless um, uh, sin in a way that you're not you're not really thinking through the implications of your wealth. Why why were you given your wealth? It wasn't just for you. It, I, I guess it's just part of the general ignorance of the day. There, I guess, and there will be so many topics to preach upon. Well, maybe we could say that this would this would point the way to the need of the faithful, staying close to their clergy, having spiritual direction and guidance, asking for that spiritual direction and guidance, instead of just sort of presuming that they know what they're, they know what they know, and the, the role of the priest is a ritual one, and nothing over and above that. Uh, the, that that's probably a very, a very good example of something that, in all sincerity, might not occur to someone. I'll give you another example. I remember talking to um, to a Catholic business owner once about the church's social teaching. And uh, I, I told him, you know, you should really be paying more. You should pay a decent living wage to every employee. So you should be paying more to a man who's got eight children than to a man who's single. And he just looked at me horrified at the very thought. He said that that would be impossible. I could never do that. And I, and I never would. It would be against the law. I'd have all sorts of headaches with the government and lawsuits. And I, I wouldn't even think about that. Well, it's a question of simple elementary justice, but he, he doesn't know the church's social teaching. So those are those 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 are two ex- money type examples, I suppose, of uh, money and morality. They really are linked together. And that's not, you know, you're, that's, and, that's not even true because in St. Mary's, I know that there are Catholic businesses that operate in exactly the way that you're saying. So, uh, you know, if it's, if it's if everyone at the business is employed and they know that that's what the the, the rule is. There's no, there's no question of laws. This idea of like there's going to be a whistleblower who's going to expose me for it, you know, um, I think that's a, that's a huge problem. <laughs> I'm stunned into silence. <laughs> Your Excellency, the, the the fact that that man would be surprised that you would would ask him to do that, and then that his idea was, well, I would get sued, and that there's a lawsuit. It just, it doesn't. It just doesn't work that way. A because I know of businesses that do that, and B because you you cannot divorce yourself. I think that's one of the the great things as a Catholic business owner is you have a, a way to create um, uh, outreach for the church even among your non-Catholic employees. You do, yes, so I, yeah, and then you have a duty, so you, a duty to do that. Um, this is yet another example of the ignorance of the church's social teaching, and. Let's face it; it's it's the, the it's uh, laissez-faire economics run rampant, a total economic libertarianism, without any reference to to morality. Uh, money is mine, and I can do whatever I want to with this money. I can make as much as, and I should make as much as I can. If you move me, if you inspire me, I may throw some money your way. I probably will, as a matter of fact, because that would make me feel better about myself. Uh, but uh, it's up to you to persuade me and beg me, and maybe you, maybe your excellency, you need to be kneeling down to me and to beg the money in the proper way, and I might give you a little. Uh, and if not, and if you cross me, then you're crossed off my Christmas list. Uh, this idea is a responsibility that's associated with money, and uh, I make all this money, and uh, you know, all of those things are not taught and are not imparted, and um, they can lead. Uh, they can lead somebody's uh, avocation, which otherwise could have been very satisfactory and successful, to be a, be a, an occasion of sin. Two, there's the uh, tendency with um, 
uh, with money and with uh, having a lot of money that um, uh, is is uh, disposable and uh, is yours, not to reflect really on what are the essentials and what are the non-essentials in your own life. Uh, yes, the this can this can happen for um, wealthier people. It certainly can happen for the middle class, and it certainly can happen for the lower class. That uh, one because of the the society that we're immersed in, you see all of you see people spending money on all sorts of on all sorts of crazy things that are regarded as uh, you know necessities by them, but in fact are not are 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 in fact. Uh, luxuries. They don't have the um, uh, ability to reflect on what they're doing, the self-awareness, and they certainly don't have the the uh, awareness of really what's uh, what's going on around them. But they have to have the uh, latest technical gadget, uh, you know, the highest possible uh, level of, let's say, uh, uh, cell phone service, uh, the latest uh, uh, computer, all sorts of uh, goodies as regards uh, television and technology and so on. And uh, they don't think that these things are are uh, not only uh, occasions of sin in uh, many instances, but also are completely unnecessary. Oh, a, a, a total, a total waste. I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm destroying the, the, my family life, and, I, and I'm working both husband and wife because we have to have all of these gadgets. We have to have the latest this and the latest that, and go out to eat frequently and have cars and and and, and all the rest of it. And then what goes along with that mentality? If not birth control and the birth control mentality, children are looked upon as a cautious investment and an eventual plan. One point two, but. Uh, Eight children? Are you crazy? Uh, that's, that would be the attitude even of some Catholics today, I, I'm afraid, because of this false idea about money. And once again, that goes back to a lack of training, maybe on the part of the priest in the church, certainly on the part of one's own parents at home. So, you know, Stephen, part of me wants to, wants to cry out in a loud voice at this point. They really need to go back simply to that idea. Let girls be trained to be homemakers and uh, let, them, let them have that good basic education, a strong, fervent faith, knowledge of their faith, and the basics that they have to educate their children. Let them, let them grow up and mature uh, far earlier than they do today. Let girls and boys both uh, uh, destroy this, uh, as Father Chicada says, this, you know, the myth of the teenage years, what I call the Peter Pan approach to life in the 20s or even the 30s, those who won't grow up. And uh, let's all get serious about things. And if that's your vocation, we'll get married. Settle down. After a year or two uh, you've, you've, you, of courtship, you, you, found, you found the right spouse, then prepare yourself for the, um, what Tom Guéranger calls the sober responsibility, the severe and sober responsibility of marriage, and do it, and have children, and uh, raise, them, raise them right, and give up this idea of a materialistic or worldly approach to, uh, to, to life and all the gadgets and all the delights of, of modern life. And I, I want to tie this. This isn't a show about marriage and courtship. I definitely want to do that. Uh, and it won't be mine because Clerical Conversations isn't my, my show. But hopefully on Clerical Conversations next season, we might be able to cover courtship oh, and marriage. Okay. So I, I, I don't want to get too much into it now. But I see this is all connected, Your Excellency. When I, when I yes. 
thinking about, you know, getting a career, getting vocation, and how, how do young men and young women prepare differently? I'm also wondering about taking that, 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 that activist role insofar as I don't, I can't assume that this young man or young woman I'm speaking about lives near a place like St. Gertrude's. So if they're of age, um, whether they're a man or a woman, they might consider reaching out, whether it be St. Gertrude's or St. Hughes or, 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 or down uh, at, at, uh, in Brooksville, calling the clergy and say, listen, this is my situation. I want to progress forward. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, if I'm a young woman, is there a family at the parish who I could maybe stay with and do some work for? And that way I also have access to the sacraments. If I'm a young man, is there a community college around so I could, again, have access to the sacraments? Is there a family I could stay with, maybe pay rent to, et cetera? That I think we have to have a more activist role because mm-hmm. then that necessarily yeah. puts us into a better position to find maybe someone to get married to. If you're going to continue your isolation, so I was isolated in high school, I'm isolated in college, big surprise, you, you don't find anyone to get married to because you didn't change your situation. And the situation yeah. isn't just a, uh, what am I going to do with my life? It's what are you going to do with your spiritual life? You said, you know, mm-hmm. having the eight kids, you know, I was always told that was the retirement plan. They didn't have IRAs a <laughs> hundred years ago. I yeah, that's eight, correct. Yeah, that's I'm going to have eight kids, and yeah. one of those kids is going to feed me. One of those kids is going to house me, uh, and I'll be helping with the grandkids. That's the retirement plan. The retirement plan isn't, you know, managing my, my seven different index funds. Well, so too uh, that you know, in the practical order. But the church, and, and, and I, and I directly again, I'm sorry, what happens when you have a clericalist on the show? But this also means that the church has to be taken care of. So, what is you know, what's the future planning? Have you have you talked to the clergy about you know future planning uh, in your will, or you know, what does what are what are Father's ideas? You know, we know we know Father Chicada's uh, uh, architectural plans for when he converts Bill Gates. But you know what else is going on? Are, are, is there going to be a new? Is there going to be a new statue in the cloister? You know, and you, I think urchins have got these, those memorial bricks. That's a great way to, to you know, contribute to the church, but also um, you know, have have something there that you can point out to the children and say, look, this is this is part of how you support the church. So I, I have to imagine that if we're talking about being in modern times, let's find a way to be creative to yes. keep our traditional ways within the modern milieu, not saying, well, you know, it's modern times, so I'm a woman and I have to go get a job. Say, well, what, how can I find a way to be Catholic within this new construct? Obviously, everything's gone to, to, you know, to, to heck. How can, I, how can I fix it? How can I deal with it? And, uh, you know, call clergy, call Father Chicada, call Bishop Bill and ask if you can well, that, that's a good practical point. I know Father Chicago and I have discussed this, that there are indeed certain avocations in life for young men to follow, which would enable them to start their, their married lives without a huge amount of debt, and indeed to provide for a family. Father, off the top of your head, can you think of some? It, it depends on your, your own dispositions and your inclinations. Uh, I think of some examples of uh, fellows who are uh, good even out of high school with um, uh, computer programming, uh, design, and that sort of thing, who successfully began uh, their own business and took advantage of the uh, Internet economy to uh, get themselves uh, uh, somewhere at that point. Um, one can still come, one can come out of high school 
if you are inclined toward um, uh, work with your hands, some uh, mechanical work, often you can, you can uh, find a trade uh, wherein you uh, look for the prospect in the long run of uh, uh, being independent, having your own business, and so on. But again, to do something like that, uh, it's necessary for you to uh, it's necessary for you to have a, a, a plan, some sort of a plan yes. long term. So it's, plan it's you know one really can't emphasize that uh, enough, and it can't be pie in the sky. You, it, it 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 has to be something that's uh, uh, that's real practical, realistic, something that you've researched. Yes, you've gotten advice on too. Uh, but research and guidance and advice can lead you to a, to a, to a pretty good decision in that matter. I think there's a lot more that we could discuss, Your Excellency and Father. But I I want to be respectful of your time and not get too far off into other subjects that I would like to get into. So I thought what I might do is simply ask: Are there things that we we shouldn't consider as possible avocations? I know hmm. you've already done. You did a show uh, earlier, an episode earlier in the season on the military, and I think mm -hmm. uh, for those who didn't listen to that episode, I think you make a pretty good case that it's a real big question mark as to whether Catholics should join the military these days, at least uh, at least the American military, among others. Um, oh, and any also, modern military, Stephen, it's just all it's all pagan. Okay. It's all pagan. Yeah. So I think of, I think of the military as something right away that should be a red flag. Uh, but I, I, in discussions with with some with some um, with some people, I've been told that nursing is also sort of a question mark, not simply because of the, the contraception birth control issue that you'll have to deal with, but, but simply simply because of, of the environment. And I wanted to run that by you. Are there, whether it be nursing or anything else, are there fields that, that uh, Catholics should be wary of being involved in or that you've seen have led to disastrous consequences for some of your faithful? One of the things that um, you have to be careful with is medicine. Uh, Bishop Sanborn and I have talked about this, that, that uh, say if a guy wants to become a doctor, he has to be very careful now uh, as to what branch, what sort of field he goes into because of the different moral questions. And the... the, the uh, uh, you know, the, the disregard in um, so many instances of uh, basic uh, moral and, and uh, natural law. So you have to be on uh, your guard, and you have to have a good foundation in your faith and, and uh, uh, moral theology so you're not in, uh, you don't put yourself in a position where uh, as a doctor or as a nurse, uh, you, there's, going, there's going to be the prospect of you uh, having to cooperate in something or another that's fundamentally immoral. That, you know, that certainly is uh, uh, a, a problem and uh, a worry there. I mean, uh, there are more obvious vocations, you know, obviously, you know, uh, becoming a uh, rock star is, is, is not something that's recommended, but I don't think we have too many people who are contemplating that as a future vocation. One, one hopes not. One uh, I, <laughs> I, I think that probably uh, along those same lines, it would be, well, we say, okay, be careful about medicine. The military is totally out, dead end, uh, yeah. cannon fodder, and worse, social experimentation. 
politician. Don't become a politician any more than you become a rock star. Hollywood is probably out, too. And the entertainment industry, thinking that's probably not going to be a good choice for most Catholics today. Um, those, would be, those would be just some. But, you know, for young people contemplating these things, discuss it. Think about it. Uh, ask for advice. And then don't forget to pray about these things, too. But... Um, I think one of the one of the most beautiful things in life is how one's early experiences and training uh, all have a way in, in God's plan and God's goodness to lead to 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 uh, to prepare one for um, for the for the duties of one one's own state of life. So I think about that in my childhood and all all of my different experiences. How much help or assistance that I've received from from my life as a as, as a priest or even as a bishop. We're recording this uh, on the feast of Saint Catherine Labore. She really wanted to be a nun, but her older sister was a nun, and so she wasn't allowed to be. And of all things, she was sent to work in a cafe in Paris that her sister and brother-in-law were operating. And it was a fairly rough affair. She wasn't at all happy there. After her mother died, she, she came back and she ran the household, the farm household for her father and did a little bit of everything in life. Well, for, for years as a, as a nun, when Our Lady was not appearing to her, so Catherine Labore took care of the chickens and did a whole lot of practical work like that. And then she, then, but then she also took care of old men and made sure that they always had enough to eat. Uh, everything that I think that happened to her in her girlhood was used by God because she she was a hard worker. She was uh, every every day was the morning offering and the glory of God. Everything that happened to her was used by God later on in her life for God's greater honor and glory. So maybe one of the take-home lessons of the show really has to be it starts early. Parents, be conscious of that. Don't waste opportunities. Well, I think that's probably a, a good place for us to end the episode. Your Excellency and Father, I think we, um, you made a lot of really great points. And as I said, I'm, I'm tempted to go down some other roads, but that'll just keep us on for much longer. And um, and I know you've got uh, got a lot to do. We're getting ready to end the liturgical year. Um, can I ask what's going on at St. Gertrude's? Uh, Your Excellency, do you want to go first? And then, Father, maybe you could tell us what's going on at SGG Resources. Well, at St. Gertrude, right now, we're thinking of Advent, uh, the first Sunday of Advent, the making of the Advent wreath tomorrow, organizing of the Advent. We have a little procession and the singing of hymns. And then I'm thinking about when am I, how am I going to be able to divide my time between the sacristy and the, and the writing of the sermon for tomorrow. Father Nkamuke is getting ready to depart from the United States to go to Nigeria to begin his work as a, as a mission priest, missionary priest in that land. And um, as we've been talking today, I've also been vaguely thinking about what's for supper. <laughs> <laughs> which just goes to show my point. <laughs> Even when people very kindly bring food, you have to think of where's the food in which kitchen, because we've got several around here, and uh, who's going to heat it up, and who's going to eat, and when will they eat it? So um, a mother's work is never done, I think, and a bishop's work is probably, in, or a pastor's work is never done either. <laughs> Well, as, as regards SGG resources, and as regards what we're up to, uh, we are 
dead out of copies of work of human hands as uh, we speak. Father Saavedra was down here, and he got the last couple of copies to take up to Detroit. So we are uh, doing a crowdfunder to fund the second edition of Work of Human Hands. Uh, you can help us with that by going to the crowdfund site, and that is Work of Human Hands, all those words together, dot tilt.com. That's Work of Human Hands dot tilt dot Com. And uh, you'll see how we've uh, structured the uh, fundraiser there. There is a, a film, actually, uh, with me uh, speaking at the end part of it in the uh, church here at St. Gertrude the Great, telling you all a little story about that. And we also hope to link uh, there my uh, uh, 13th film, uh, from the chapters of uh, Work of Human Hands. And this film is about a half an hour long, and it talks about the new Eucharistic prayers, what was invented in the Novus Ordo to replace uh, the canon. And we, we talk about the different Eucharistic prayers, in, including what I call the hippie Eucharistic prayers. So with that little teaser, you might be interested in uh, going to our crowdfunder and finding out a little bit more about it. I would just add as a coda to, to Father's uh, comments that this is a limited time offer. The crowdfunder is only going to be running for about two months. So this episode will be premiering around the end of November, beginning of December. So if you're listening to this episode uh, sometime in December or January, you have a chance to act. If you're listening to this in February, it's too late and you missed out on the opportunity to get uh, some of these great uh, gifts. One of them is something I'm interested in, so a reason I'll be pledging at that level is the Father Retro tote bag. Uh, so it's got a, you've got a tote bag with Father Retro, which is, as we know, the Reform of the Reform or Motu priest. And on the other side, you've got Father Chuck, who's the priest that most of us grew up with in the Novus Ordo, unfortunately. So no, no Beretta uh, and no hair. I think, I think Father Chuck, in your rendering, has a receding or non-existent hairline. Is that right, Father? Uh, yes, he does. And and there's also the question of, of the footgear, that Father Retro has Roman silver buckle shoes and Father Chuck has Nikes. So that's another <laughs> way of telling them apart. <laughs> uh, well, and, and of course, this is a, an important distinction between the two. Well, uh, Your Excellency and Father, as, as always, thank, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the season and clerical conversations that hasn't been without controversy. I'd, I'd always thought when I originally had conceived of this, this concept of a show that you are going to tackle the tough issues. And I think that you have, and it's been great to, to listen to this season. And, and we hope to bring you back next season for, for more clerical conversations. And more controversy. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and more controversy as well. In any event, Your Excellency Father, thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks. God bless Thank you, Steve. Bye-bye. As always, remember that you have the opportunity to thank our clergy. You can write to uh, write to us here um, at clerical at truerestoration.org, and you can uh, send some comments uh, about any of these controversial topics. But remember that the clergy do take their time to record these shows with us and feel free to share your thoughts with them and also ask them questions. A question you might ask might be part of a future episode. 
We want to remind you that all of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found the show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who make our network worthwhile, especially as we're drawing towards the end of the liturgical year. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time that you pray. For the Restoration, I'm Stephen Heiner. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.